Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. And I'd encourage you, uh, we know we started a Bible memory program. How many people are starting the Philippians 4, 6, and 7 if you're an overachiever? Good, excellent. If you didn't know anything about it, we're starting a Bible memory program here at Living Spring. And you can go on the website and uh, you, can, you can see right there what uh, the verse is going to be. For this first two weeks, it's Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. You're only required to do 6. 7 is for the overachievers. If you go to download and click audio, there'll be an audio file that will help you. You can put it in your car, burn it on a CD, no rights reserved. You can pass it out to your friends. Uh, that'll help you. It goes over the verse again and again in a professional studio voice. (laughs) Thank you, Candy. Um, And so you will either learn it or you'll end up wanting to burn Candy's house down because you're so tired of her voice. But it's a great way. I did did it myself. It's a great way to learn scripture. Uh, So we can do that. So I, I encourage you to do that. I'm also encouraging you this year to have your Bible with you. We, we provide Bibles underneath the chairs. And if you didn't bring one, that's fine. Every, can, if everyone who brought a Bible, can you just show it to me? Throw, throw it up there. Okay. We, oh, dude, you guys rock. Yes, we have to, uh, we have to be people of the word. So we're in uh, Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to show you a little picture here about something that we give value to uh, in the United States and all over the world. That is a diamond. That diamond's 84 carats, and it's sold for $16 million. Okay, that particular diamond there. Uh, now, you go, man, we'd all agree that diamonds are valuable. But when you begin to do any bit of research on diamonds, uh, you find out that, in fact, they're not very rare. Diamonds, as a matter of fact, uh, they're a very abundant stone. But what's happened is there have been certain entities that have a a stranglehold on that uh, on that industry. And this isn't anything. I'm not trying to say anything political or down with the man or anti-business or whatever. My point is that in this particular case, uh, these the diamonds are being held back. And so they get released a little bit at a time that gives them value. So they're rare only because. We make them rare. They're not rare because they're hard to find diamonds. As a matter of fact, these people are exploited in Zimbabwe. If you see them there, this is in Zimbabwe. Uh, in uh, December of, of, uh, of 2008, the Los Angeles Times had an article uh, on the, the problem that Zimbabwe is having with these uh, mining uh, fields because the diamonds in this particular field are very close to the surface. And so uh, these people are there uh, illegally to try and get these diamonds to survive. And so what will happen uh, in this case is uh, the police will find out and they'll come and they'll begin shooting people. And so um, I want to... Can I have your wedding ring, babe? When, when I... Uh, well, I bought it, okay? <laughs> You guys are like, dude, don't grab her wedding ring. It's okay. Um, So uh, right out of college, uh, I decided, well, I wanted to marry Lisa. Actually, it was in the eighth grade, but it took me to the end of college to to figure it out. And uh, so I had a friend who who told me he knew um, how to get a good good diamond cheap uh, at the Diamond District or whatever in L.A. So... I gave him five hundred dollars, and uh, or I mean five thousand dollars, and uh, he he went there and um, 
did whatever people do who know about diamonds, and he got me this diamond, and I took it and had it appraised, and I was happy it appraised for more. And uh, so you got that going for you, babe. And uh, we made the we made the diamond. Uh, we put these little things in there, and they soldered it crooked, and, but it, it's still crooked. So that's so cool. I love that. Anyway, this is worthless. Now you say, well, you could hawk that for something. I probably could. But if we look at reality, when you have a diamond necklace, diamond ring, diamond, what you have is a diamond. They're not rare. If Russia released all their diamonds, <laughs> there would, you couldn't even buy them. If De Beers decided from their storehouse, we're letting them all go, they're worthless. They're not rare. But because man has held back what they found, it becomes valuable. So let me go back to this. I'm going to share it with you guys. So some of you ladies are going, I will kill you. you <laughs> you've just given my husband every excuse not to buy me a diamond. I have not. Now, I'm going to I'm, help. Before you kill me, let me go back to this picture of this diamond here. I have three websites there. ApolloDiamond.com, DiamondNexusLabs.com, and Gemesis.com. Now, these companies manufacture diamonds. They're not CZs. They are real diamonds. Every property of a real diamond. Okay? They're just a lot cheaper, and nobody has to die uh, to get them. So anyway, this, I'm just giving you this. Husbands, go out and buy your wife a diamond. Just because it's made in a factory doesn't make it any less wonderful. Okay? We buy roses from greenhouses. You don't expect your husband to hike in the steamy jungles of the Amazon to get an orchid. Okay? He goes to a, to a greenhouse. So I just want to give that to you. This is all free, by the way, guys. This is all free information. I haven't even gotten to the sermon yet. It's free information. So what do we value? I just took the example of diamonds and pretty much showed us, and you can do the research yourself, they're not rare. They're not worth anything. We've made them worth something. For some reason, we enjoy giving things value that have no value. It's what humans do. I want to read about some things that do have value this morning and talk about how we can make sure... We get in on the action. Matthew thirteen forty four. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure. We're going to be talking about this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Second one, he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value. He went away and sold everything he had and bought it. And then we're going to skip a few verses because there's some other stuff in there that we'll get to later. Um, But uh, he says, he said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like an owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. What, what do you value? You say, well, I value my family. Fantastic. We're going we're gonna to go a little deeper than that this morning. You say, I value, you know, friendship. We're going to take that a little deeper this morning. You say, I value my relationship with God. Hopefully, we'll take that even a little deeper this morning. To where we begin to question in our lives those things that hold our attention, that we give value to. I don't, I'm not a car guy. 
But if I like picked a car that someone said, I'm going to buy you any car, I, w- I would pick a 700 series BMW. Uh, black with oversized rims. I don't know why I have value to that. I see it on the street. And I go, man, that's a nice car. Why is that a nice car? It's steel, chrome, leather, wires. It's just all been formed together to something that we have given it value for some reason. Think about it in your life. What, 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 what do we, what do, where do you get your value? What do you look at and go, man, I wish I had that. Okay. Jesus is talking about new cell phones. Those are of value. Okay. Here's my first point. The kingdom is invaluable. It has no price. When, when you experience the kingdom of God in your life, there is nothing like it. And when we look at these two examples, they sold everything to get this kingdom. Now, for some of you who maybe you never have looked at your own life, and maybe you're still in, in sin, you're still living a life for yourself, you've never seen what Jesus has done on the cross. Good gracious. Okay, everyone. Turn off your cell phones, please. Thank you. For some reason, like a baby crying, it doesn't get to me. Cell phones, I don't know what it is. I just want to kill somebody. So, okay. So, (laughs) the kingdom is invaluable. There's nothing like it. And I know when you turn off your cell phones, you're going to get that. That's okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. All right. There's nothing like the kingdom of God. It says they sold everything they had. To get this fine pearl and this treasure. Look at what Matthew 6 says. What, what I'm trying to do, I don't know if you've noticed it over the last few sermons or whatever. I'm trying to keep us in Matthew as much as possible, either ahead or before, because that's the book we're going through. And you can see kind of this whole common theme of the kingdom. He says, before this, he says, don't store up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy them. And then he goes on, he says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God wants us to value the things of the kingdom. So much so, we value things of this kingdom so much so, we're willing to give up everything in this kingdom. I've been talking a little bit over the last few weeks about us getting in touch with our sin again. And I know that's a downer uh, sometimes. But again this week, the Lord is showing me over and over again how much I don't realize what I've been saved from. You know, a, a lot of times we come to Christ or we find religion or whatever and we start living a good life and then we start believing, well, you know what? That makes sense that I was saved. That, that makes a lot of sense, you know, because I've been pretty good or whatever. And we forget that we are liars, thieves, murderers, adulterers. You say, well, I, I've, never, I've, never, I've never killed anybody. Well, we saw right there, Jesus said in Matthew, have you had been angry about anyone? You just murdered them. I've never had an affair. If you've lusted after anyone, had a fantasy, you've had an affair. I've never lied. You just did. Okay? <laughs> Guys, we do not deserve the kingdom of God. We are sinners, every last one of us. We've got to stay in touch because I think what happens sometimes is we miss the value of the kingdom because we, we, we forget what actually has happened in our own lives. That we've been saved from eternity without God. Goes on this. It's talking about wisdom here. She, wisdom, is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. To seek after God, 
to find out what God has for your life. There is nothing in this world, I'm telling you, nothing in this world that's, that's as valuable as hearing from the living God who loves us, who created us, who has a purpose for you. There's nothing like that. Goes on. Gold there is and rubies in abundance. Go, go, gold, gold there is. It sounds like yote. Gold there is. I, <laughs> There is gold and rubies in abundance. That's, that's how I would have translated that myself. There, gold, there is gold and rubies in abundance, but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. Okay, don't, don't make, let me get you off the track here. Lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. Lips that speak knowledge have knowledge stored in their heart, this wisdom of God. And guys, what I want us to get this morning is this first point, the kingdom of God is invaluable. To have more of the kingdom in your life, there's nothing like it. It's worth everything. You say, well, man, I don't want to give up this. You don't understand the kingdom value then of what you're going to get in return. When I don't want to give something, it's not because I hate God and hate my, you know, I don't don't want to work at it. It's that I don't understand the value of what I'm going to get when I give that away. It's invaluable. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7 says this, These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ is revealed. So let's just stick on this right here. Don't let this leave your head as we move on in the sermon. The kingdom of God is invaluable. When God speaks to you, when he shows you something, when you have truth revealed to you, it's, 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 you can't buy it. It's amazing. Secondly, the kingdom of God uh, is, is invisible. Hidden's a better one, but I had them all start with I, so we're stuck with invisible. Um, But the king, the kingdom of God is hidden. You go, what, what is that all about? God wants our heart. And so we don't just walk in and just start grabbing stuff. And, oh, this is great. This is, really helps me. If you look in both things, it was, it was a guy had to search for this pearl. A, a guy just discovered this treasure, this buried treasure in this field. And we'll get to what that means later. But we see this all through Matthew. If we go to another section that's right in here, it says, Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. You know, there are things in your life that God has planned. And and, and I'm not talking about a new job. Okay. There is ministry. There is sacrifice. There are chains that are going to be broken. Things in your life that God has ordained from the beginning of the world. Works set out for you that we see in Ephesians. That he's prepared beforehand for you. There are things that God has planned for you. Not a new car. Stuff way beyond that in value some type of ministry, some type of exercising of your gifts that is worth leaving everything for. But they're hidden. We got to keep our eyes open. First Corinthians 2, 7 says it this way. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God is destined for our glory before time began. 
However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Do you want to discover the hidden things of God? You have got to be connected to his spirit through prayer, through the word of God, through others, through seeking, through looking at your own life. See, one of the things the spirit does is he convicts. You say, I've never heard from God. Oh, yes, you have. (laughs) You have. I guarantee everyone in this room has heard from God. It's been that thing. Don't do that. Don't say that. Oh, but it's such a juicy piece of gossip. I never hear from God. You just heard from God. Now, maybe you didn't hear from him that he wants you to go, you know, to Zimbabwe and help the diamond smugglers. Okay, I don't know. But you have heard from God. And the spirit of God searches the deep things of God. So when God tells you, don't do that, that's not just an invaluable. Yeah, I know I shouldn't. That's dude. there's something right here that's so valuable and you're going to miss it. If you continue down that road. Or, or, or you're sitting and you're hearing a sermon and your God is just burning your heart and you're going, oh, I got to get more of the word in me. Or and then we get distracted and we go. Oh, it was so encouraging, guys. This week I got some emails from some of you talking about memorizing the scripture that we're memorizing and how you were applying it in your life of being anxious for nothing. Oh, what, what is there like that in our life? One guy wrote to me about being in traffic. You're not going to change traffic, but he was able to change his heart. That is a kingdom treasure that's invaluable. Imagine being able to handle any type of traffic situation. (laughs) Right? That's some valuable stuff there. Look at this. So what happens is at the end of these parables, Jesus shows up in his hometown. And here's what they say. It's It's hidden from them. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't uh, isn't, Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And what was their reaction? They took offense at him. I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense. They weren't seeking with kingdom eyes. Remember, Jesus says at the end of this to his disciples, do you understand all this? Have you made the connection? Do you see the kingdom of God and making it with a connection of how that impacts your life? Yes, we do, he said. Okay. Now, why are we saying all these things? Why why, why am I going through all this? Because we have to pay attention. See, I don't think we don't grow in Christ because we're lazy or we're, we're... where we don't li- really like God or it's an act or we're hypocrites. I think we're distracted. I think that's, that if, if I were to look at my own life and look at the lives of most of the people I talk to, they're distracted. I got, I got the kids sports and I got work and I got this and I got that and I got this and I got that and I got a TiVo that and I got da, 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 all this stuff. I got Facebook. I got to keep up with my website. I got all this stuff. It, it's not that it's just like, oh yeah, well, I don't care what God says about that. I'm going to gossip anyway. No, it's just we're distracted. And so the reason we're distracted is because we've ascribed value to things that have no value. And it's the same way. We, we, man has done this, just like with the diamond. 
God created the diamond for us to enjoy. We exploit it and we keep it back for our own value. Power, we've given it value. We've given beauty value. We've given money value. We've made these things, oh, and they distract us. And I think that's mostly what happens. We get distracted. We miss a lot of kingdom opportunities because we're distracted. One of my favorite quotes, I can't even remember who it is. I'll look it up later. But it says, um, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. A wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. Let me give you an example. Just so you guys don't, anyone who sends me an email, don't come down on me for this. But the internet is a perfect example. You know, you get it, you get home, your email is filled with funny stories. Some of them funny, some of them stupid. Some of them like, dude, do you do any research before you send these out? Like, have you ever looked up anything in the internet? Right, all this stuff, all this information. Oh, here's what's happening with this congressman. Here's what's going on here. And here's what's going on. And did you know these people are doing that? Blah, 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 blah. Again, I'm not coming down on anyone. Most of you guys send me really good emails. I'm just saying, you know what I'm talking about, right? You get them in your inbox. All this information. Your website pops up. You got Facebook. You know, Tim's changing his pants right now. What? I don't care, Tim. I don't care if you're at the mall buying ice cream. What? Why do I need to know this, right? Your cell phone goes off. Oh, wow. Okay, good. You're at Costco. Fantastic. All this information. Now, what happens? It creates a poverty of attention. We don't focus on the things that really matter. We say we're too busy. We're not too busy. We're too distracted. And we tend to go towards the most valuable part of what we're doing. So, for example, uh, you know, my kid's in soccer, and we've got practice every night and five games on the weekend. Now, hear me, guys. I know, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm judging. I'm not. I'm just giving it as an example. So when, if I were to ask somebody, man, why do you do that? I really love spending time with my kids. They pick the most valuable thing of that. And say, that's the reason. But that doesn't produce the most valuable thing. You know, man, I spend a lot of time at work. Why? Because I just want to provide for my family. Okay. There's lots of things we need to provide for our family. I say the Holy Spirit has to reveal this to us. And if we're not listening, if we're too distracted, we're going to miss the hidden things of the kingdom. Okay. Now, This brings us to our third point, which is very important. The kingdom is intimate. So for you, it might be soccer. For you, it might be whatever the Lord's put on your heart. I I, I use these examples not to try to, uh, just to give many examples. For you, it might be television. For you, it might be Facebook. I don't know, whatever. But it's intimate. Now watch what happens. You get these two kinds of discoveries. And this is so sweet because it really, um, to me, shows the heart of God. The first is the stumbler. Okay, the stumbler. This person was in a field and he was working. Now, this would happen in that time. They had banks back in Jesus' day, but a lot of times with warring things, if you found out there was going to be a battle, you would take your treasure and you'd bury it so that if they came and took took over the place, you knew where that was, and maybe in 20 years or whatever, you could come back and get your treasure. And so someone would be plowing the field and all of a sudden hit something and go, well, what's this? And it'd be some treasure. This happened. Pearls were extremely valuable then. And so people would look for fine pearls. But for this guy, he just stumbles across this treasure in, in the earth. And we've all experienced this. You've just been minding your own business and you stumble across truth 
You just stumble into the word of God and the Lord says, this is what you need to do. And you go, oh my gosh. And it like changes your life and you're going, this is fantastic. Or, or you'll listen to some speaker, you know, and like someone will tell me, you got to hear this guy. I was just on YouTube or whatever. And this guy's awesome. You know, and I'm like, thanks. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, and, and you stumble upon truth and something pierces your heart. You're not looking, you're not analyzing. You just stumble across it. Some of you came to Christ that way. You just you showed up at church and the Holy Spirit was just going, dude, you got it. Come on. You got to stop living for yourself. You're going to hell. This isn't cutting it. And you're like, oh, my goodness. That happened to Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest theologians we had. He was supposed to go to one church. It snowed out. So he goes, I'll just go to this church over here. And he just stumbled in. He was 15 years old. And the guy was just like going, you got to find Christ. You got to find Christ. And he was sitting there going, man, this guy isn't that great a preacher. You got to find Christ. You got to find Christ. You got to find Christ. All of a sudden, I got to find Christ. Gave his life to Christ there. Been going to church for years. He grew, grew up in the church. It's a stumble. We see this with the Samaritan woman, right? She's, all she's doing is going to get some water from a well. She's not, she is not doing anything. And Jesus says, hey, you know, you don't need that water. She's like, what are you doing talking to me? She stumbles into it. And Jesus begins to reveal the kingdom to her. The first person he told he was the Messiah. She just stumbled on it. The man born blind. He's just sitting there minding his own business. Jesus and the disciples walk by. The disciples go, hey, who sinned, him or his parents? And Jesus goes, you guys are idiots. I'm going to heal him right now to show you that God gets all the glory for everything I do. Paraphrased. Okay. <laughs> Heals him. The guy was just sitting there. He wasn't looking for anything. The woman caught in adultery. She's having a great old time, right? All of a sudden, guys take her, pull her out of her house and bring her to Jesus. She experiences the forgiveness of God in the midst of her sin. Just stumbled upon it. Expect to stumble upon truth. The Holy Spirit is, he he calls us to this. Rejoice that you didn't figure it out. That you just stumbled across it. It's awesome. The man with the withered hand. He's sitting there and this, all of a sudden the Pharisees bring him up to Jesus. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus is like, is it lawful to save a sheep from a ditch? Knuckleheads? Yeah, there you go. Bam. I'm Lord of the Sabbath. Right? They want to kill him after that. The guy with the withered hand didn't know anything. He just showed up. But then there's the seeker. This is the guy represented in the fine, in the, in the fine pearls. He knows what he's looking for. And he's analyzing each pearl to go, does this have value? And some of you might be there. I'm not giving my life to Christ until I figure out, I don't want to be around, I don't want religion. I want something different. And so you analyze, you search the scriptures, you look at different things. Did you know that the kingdom of God can handle both? It can handle the stumbler who just walks in and is healed. It can handle the seeker who's looking at the scriptures and going, I got a bunch of questions. Okay, Nicodemus was this way. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and said, man, I know you're of God, but I, I got I to gotta figure out what, what am I supposed to do? Jesus says, you must be born again. The centurion came. Jesus I found Jesus out and said, I know you can heal my son. Show me something. I'm seeking. The two blind men, son of David, have mercy on me. They followed him. The disciples started getting upset. Oh, gosh, Jesus healed him. Another example, the woman uh, with the demon-possessed daughter. She keeps following them, yelling. And, and again, the disciples are like, Jesus, tell her to shut up. 
And he's like, no, I'm going to talk to her for a second. She's a seeker. She's like, ah, and they get in this great dialogue. And he ends up going, there's nobody in Israel has a faith like you. You, you're awesome. Right? She's seeking. Okay. But it's intimate. And so what I want you to see as these things of the kingdom are hidden, some things in your life are, you're going to have to work for in the kingdom. You're going to have to go to the scriptures and say, man, I have this bondage in my life. How do I get out of this? My marriage isn't working. How do I get on this? Marriages is one thing. Most people don't just stumble into a good marriage. They work very hard at it. Okay, you learn and you're looking at the scriptures and the Holy Spirit's telling you, dude, you got to lay down your life for your wife. And you go, I don't want to. Right? And in the meantime, he's saying to his wife, you better submit to your husband. She's like, to him? Are you kidding me? That's how we got in this mess. <laughs> right? <laughs> he bought me a $500 wedding ring and a cheapskate <laughs> from some guy from an air conditioning company. Did I give that back to you, by the way? Okay, cool. Yeah. Man, I've already lost one of mine. I'm in trouble. This isn't real gold. Wait a minute. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Sometimes you're going to stumble on kingdom truth and sometimes you're going to have to seek it. And you're going to have to look at your own life and go, where am I, Lord? And the Lord's going, you know what? You haven't found me because you haven't sought me with all your heart. And you're going to be stuck here until you begin to take it to the next level. Others are going, man, Lord, what's going on? He's like, "Don't, don't worry. Tomorrow... You're going to get into an accident. I'm going to destroy the front end of your car. And you're, you're, we're going to go miles deep after that. Just stumble upon it. Right? You guys are like, oh, man. All right? Lastly, the kingdom is influential. Is God influencing you to get rid of something for the kingdom? It's influential. It has, a, it has an impact. I was going to use impactful, but that is actually not a word. Uh, come to find out. Uh, it's used in business a lot, but it's not in any dictionary. It was used by some uh, people in um, advertising. So just another way the man is trying to hold me down. Okay. It's influential. It's going to cost something. It's going to impact you. The kingdom of God is going to impact you. What happens? They stumble upon the kingdom. They seek for the kingdom. Either way, it makes it, there's a big decision required. And it's to sell it all. It's to sell it all. And you go, man, I don't, I don't know about that. Then you don't understand the value of the kingdom. When I'm not ready to sell it all, I don't understand its value. It is, it's invaluable to gain wisdom from God, to have him speak into your life, to break chains, to have you have a life of, 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 of fruitful ministry. There's, there, it's, you cannot buy that. But it's going to cost. It's going to cost something from this world to gain something from this world. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you your money. It's going to cost you your pride. It's going to cost you your need to be right. It's going to cost you your need to have everything figured out. It's going to cost you your need to be accepted by everybody. It's going to cost. When you come to Christ, you say, I am a sinner. I got nothing. How can you give up, give up everything? You don't have anything to bring to him. Except your very life. We saw this back in Matthew. 
chapter 5 and 6, right? Some guy rushes up to Jesus. I'll follow you forever. He says, foxes have holes, birds have nests. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So if you're ready to go, we're going to go live in tents and wander all around. Let's go, okay? One guy goes, Jesus, I love you. I'm going to go bury my father, okay? I have to stick around the house, make sure everything's okay until he dies. Then, then I'm good to go. Then I'm in control. He says, let the dead bury their own dead. You spend all your time trying to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. It's useless. It's dead. It's nothing. It's valueless. Rich young ruler comes up to him. What must I do to be saved? He says, follow the commandments. He goes, done that. Okay. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Got it. Done it. Did it since my youth. What, what next? He says, why don't you sell everything? Can we go back to the other part? Right? Now you say, well, is God requiring me to sell everything? That's kind of harsh. Yes. Yes. He wants us in a position where I can go get in my car and go, this has no value to me other than it drives me to ministry appointments designed by God. We walk into our house and we go, great. My house is great. I got nice molding. I got, I colored it nice. Great. How am I going to use it for the kingdom? We come home, but in a long day, I just want to veg. How are we going to veg for the kingdom? How are we going to root for our kids on the soccer field for the kingdom? How are we going to do everything for the kingdom of God? It's invaluable that we gain this. We sacrifice everything for it. You say, well, what does that mean for me? It's intimate. You're going to have to find out from God, either by seeking or stumbling upon it. But don't get distracted. Don't add value to things that have no value. He goes on. He says, well, I'm just going to say goodbye to my family. He says, hate your family. God before family. Hate your family. Man, that's harsh. Yes, it is harsh. He says to the disciples, hey, take up your cross. Be ready to die. You say, man, I don't, I don't like that. See, here's the thing. With the pearl guy, he had to give up his other pearls in order to buy the pearl of value. He trades in pearls. That's what he does. So he has a collection of valuable pearls. And it says he sells everything. Some of us have some things in our life. They're, they're okay. They're pretty good value. But we haven't sold them to gain the kingdom. Our job to us, at least it was for me for years and years and years, was to make money, to provide for my family. That's all fine. But did I use my job? Did I sell my, my ability to advance in my work? Did I, did, for the kingdom, did I, did I go in there every day and go, what would God have for me? Where are the hidden kingdom things in this cubicle of mine? When, when, when the guy comes in and he slams his keys on his desk in the cubicle behind me because he's having a bad time with his wife and I just can't stand that guy, do I go, you know what? Hey, can I help you in any way? Can I, do I make these kingdom appointments? Am I ready to give up that maybe God doesn't have hopes and dreams that we have for us? He wants obedience. I'm telling you, I, I can't explain to you how much obedience is valuable. I, I want to go, who, I want to give you a quickly a, a, an example. I'll, I'll go quickly through this because we're running out of time. But Paul was in this situation. He had all this stuff, all these pearls he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? He had all these different things. Now you go, well, those don't really sound that valuable. 
I'd give up those, you know. No, you wouldn't. Because it's just all the same things, power, acceptance, you know, comfort. It's all those things. He gives them up. Here's what he says. Here's what he says about the pearls that he had that were valuable to him. He says, but whatever was my, to my profit, I, I now consider it loss. I, it's like, man, if I had only searched for the kingdom as much as I worked to get all these little pearls, if I, if I only looked to the kingdom of God in my life as much as I, I, I looked to get all this other stuff. He says, what is more? It's not only, it's not only, well, I'll, I won't paraphrase. I'll read it first and I'll paraphrase. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness. So here we are again with value. The surpassing greatness. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That is the kingdom value. Okay. For whose sake I have lost all things. Now watch. Here's the thing. We said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm getting a lot of trouble. I consider them crap is the word. Okay. I didn't get any letters last time we went over this section of scripture when I used that word. That is the word. I consider it dumb. Everything I've tried to do in my life. And I will say this myself too. Everything I've tried to do in my life. That wasn't for the kingdom is rubbish. We, uh, when, before I was a pastor, we were putting an addition on our house. You guys all know this. I use examples all the time because it was a big part of our life. We got done with the addition. Every, the whole house was done. We, we had, we'd put new molding and everything. We'd remodeled all the rooms. Everything was done. And I was sitting on my couch. We'd redone the backyard, everything. It was the house we wanted to live in. I wanted to retire in that house. And I was sitting on my couch and the Lord is clear as day said to me, don't get used to it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I know what he's saying. He's saying, don't make your house that important. I won't. And he was dead. Do not get used to this. Right? So now what? We're out of our house. We're in a smaller house. I don't even like my house. I don't even care. Okay, I don't care about my house. Now, I'm not saying this because, you know, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, the Lord has more ministry planned for you, more opportunity to serve him, and it's worth everything. I don't even think about that house. I don't even care about that house. Because God has opened my eyes to something greater. And you say, yeah, but you're called to full-time ministry. It has nothing to do with that. It really doesn't. You're called to your calling. You're called. God has given you gifts, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I'm going on too long. I apologize. But I just, I just want to show you one other thing in the kingdom. This is what I'm talking about. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went out and sold all that he had and bought that field. Joy that cannot be surpassed. It's invaluable. You want joy in your life? Search for the kingdom. Strive for the kingdom. Stumble across the kingdom. Sell everything you have for the kingdom of God. And you will experience true joy. Your circumstances may really suck. That's not where joy comes from. 
That's my hopes and my dreams and I want to be happy. True joy is in the midst of trial. Look what Jesus says. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy... <laughs> God, ah, Jesus, is, Jesus has joy is what he's saying. And it's Jesus' joy. Okay, it's godly joy. It's joy that you can sacrifice his life, be nailed to a tree and still be joyful. And that's the joy. He says that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Obey his commands. Whatever he says to do, do it. He goes on until now. You've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Ask. Ask, seek after the kingdom, knock. Ask for the kingdom, seek for it, knock for it. All that other stuff, it'll be added to you, but not in the way the world values it. It'll be added to you in the way the kingdom values it. So that you can actually enjoy the things if you get a big raise. And you'll enjoy it at this level, not at this level. Because moth and rust and thief take care of all this.